Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg, where we believe that marketing strategy should be delivered in plain English. This is Lorraine Ball and Allison Carter, and today we're going to get in somebody else's driver's seat. Yeah, they really need some help, don't they? I think they do. We often spend, well, we spend a lot of our time looking at marketing for small business owners, and you're talking about small budgets, but every now and then it's fun to step back and look at what the big boys do or don't do well. And really, the same, the same principles that work at the micro scale mostly work at the macro scale and vice versa. Absolutely, and so today we're going to take a look at J.C. Penny. Don't you just want to like take them aside and be like, oh honey, where did it all go wrong? Stop! Stop! You keep like trying to dye your hair blue to get those boys to notice you, but they just don't. No, but but you know what? There is that little fat boy in the corner wearing glasses who loves you. You know, there there is a time and a place for every kind of brand. And I think um, if you haven't really been watching this, uh, it's kind of been hard to miss some of the changes that JCPenney has made over the years. Um, probably the most dramatic was hiring an executive from Apple. Yeah, which is a, such a strange move because JCPenney is a middle to lower end, uh, middle low end department store. They're the kind of place where you can find in a small town mall in the middle of nowhere. My grandma's mall in Mattoon, Illinois has a Penny's and a Sears and that's about it. And back in the day, I think JCPenney was the upscale Sears. Yeah, it was one step above Sears. But it it still, um, it was definitely a value brand. Value brand. And I think where JCPenney struggled in recent years was with the explosive growth of both Target and Walmart. Uh -huh. Target began to occupy the space that had always been dominated by JCPenney. It was affordably stylish. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in a move to maybe freshen up and take a new approach, they brought in someone that they thought knew a lot about retail. And he did know a lot about retail. But he knew a lot about retailing technology to a high-end demographic. Yeah, very different. Uh, very much an issue of not appreciating and understanding the customers that they had and seeking to grow that circle it instead seemed more like an abandonment and so you know they changed their logo they changed they changed the layout of the stores they did to some extent one of the issues that got jc where it was in the first place that made them feel they needed these radical changes was they had not kept up their stores they had not refreshed them regularly if you went into many of them they were dark dingy places that had not been updated since the late 80s. They were not pleasant places to shop. Contrasted, like you said, with Target. That is, all their stores are kind of fresh and bright and, mm -hmm. and colorful signs, absolutely. And so they needed a refresh, they needed a modernization, but instead of refreshing who they were, mm -hmm. they went completely in a different direction. Which is not always a terrible idea, but you need to move there a little bit more incrementally because if you set your sights on this shiny new audience before you can really hook them and get them in your door, but you're already like, no, 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 I'm done with you guys, then suddenly you have no customers. You're waiting for these guys to come and you already drove off the others. And that is exactly what's happened to JCPenney. They um, 
changed their image, they refreshed their stores, they started carrying new brands. Well, we haven't even talked about really the biggest change they made. And that was? Well, they they eliminated all of their sales. I mean, for years I remember sitting around with my family after Thanksgiving dinner and looking through the penny circular to see what was going to be on sale on Black Friday. They got rid of all of that. They were no longer going to run any sales at all, but have everyday low pricing. Now, there are other stores that have tried. Walmart tries to do an everyday low pricing, but even they still oh, yeah. run sales. They still, that, that's their motto. It's everyday low prices, but they still do have sales. Eliminating them completely, you know, there's something psychologically in our brain. When we see the word sale, we think we're getting a better deal than we actually are because someone is telling us that it's discounted. I mean, I started my career in retail, and I will tell you that when we brought clothes in, mm -hmm. we marked them up 65% oh, yeah. so that when we could discount them, they were still selling at a 50% markup. Oh, I love I love shopping at Kohl's where they everything is like 40% off. They give you this huge receipt at the end showing you how much you save. Well, they just marked it up ridiculously so they could put it on sale, but the tactic works. And JCPenney completely abandoned its budget-minded shopper in their view. And so... They threw, their, they threw their business into a tizzy because the upscale latte drinking, apple, apple talking customers mm -hmm. were not coming to JCPenney. No, it was they, still JCPenney. They weren't buying into the logo, they weren't buying into the Penny Designer brands, and the existing customers went to Sears, Target, and Walmart. Mm -hmm. So they doubled back, they fired their retail expert, they brought back their old CEO. They brought back sales after confusing people with Wednesday only sales or that was such nonsense. Nuts. But they they brought them back. They it looks like they're even cycling back now um, and going back to the old logo, which was just the plain red. If you were hired by JCPenney tomorrow, you can't have the job. But if you were hired by them tomorrow, what would you do? What would you do from a marketing angle? One thing that I would do is I would, this is going to sound a little crazy, I would stay the course. Over the past, they started making these changes around, um, the first one started around 2008. They were more drastic, more of the 2010, 2011 region. But since 2008, five years ago, they've had five different logos, none of them lasting more than a couple years. How are people supposed to really understand who your brand is if you don't seem to have a clear vision of it? So whether that was the ugly square, you know what, embrace the damn ugly square, make it work for you, have a Tim Gunn moment, figure it out and find a way to make it work. You can't just keep changing and changing and changing and hoping you'll finally pin the tail on the donkey. Because <laughs> they have been... Um... <laughs> Okay, there are all of these um, analogies that have to do with the rear end of the donkey that are popping into my head, but that's, that's basically what they've been doing. Um, I think they tried. I think their, sort of their apology to their customers, I think, was a start. Um, I think they need to pony up, um, probably do some very aggressive marketing. Um, I don't think this is a time to be shy. I think it's, I think it's a go big or go home moment. I, I, I think commercials, um, television, I, I think direct mail, you know, the old catalog coupon shoppers, mm -hmm. um, you know, the penny circulars in the newspaper, go back to your roots. It's not cheap, but do it. 
I agree. I think that that's still very much where that kind of middle America shopper is. I think that there are some smart things that could be done with magazines and some smart things that could be done with some online things. But really what I would do right now is I would invest. It's kind of like what we were talking about during our, our discussion on the economy. You know, it seemed, you know, things are in crisis mode at JCPenney. The last thing they're going to want to do is spend money. They still need those stores to be places that people want to shop. Now, that doesn't mean it needs to be this weird boutique concept with Sephora and, you know, sleek Apple kiosks and stuff. It simply means it has to be a place where I don't feel like I need to wash my hands after I walk out. That, yes. <laughs> yeah, I that's kind of how, that's typically how I feel. I don't even remember the last time I was in a Penny's, but that's how I felt when I've been in there. And so, you know, if you're trying to reach out to that middle America community, um, you know, one of the things, it is harder in larger markets because there are so many choices. Yes. Um, I would map out the JCPenney stores in the smaller towns. And I would probably put money in some of those smaller towns to sponsor the football team to have events tied to the communities mm -hmm. in those smaller cities, build some goodwill and build some rolling PR. Even in those markets, you do have mm -hmm. social media and you will get some momentum from mm -hmm. that. When you find the strategies that are working, then move into the bigger markets. Um, I think that if they try to do too much in Chicago and Denver and Dallas right now, I, I think Target and Walmart will just crush them. Yeah, I think, that, I think that going after secondary markets is not necessarily a bad idea. I really think that what they need to do more than anything is to embrace their customer and stop, you know, not everyone is an Apple customer. You know what they could have done to prevent this? Did they walk the floor and look up the kind of phones that their clients use? I bet that would have given them a world of information. I bet they would have found a lot of flip phones still. Believe it or not, I see them all the time. Mm -hmm. They would have found flip phones. They would have found inexpensive track phones. They would have found very, you know, low-end Samsung phones. Those kinds of things, and that's okay. Those people need to buy clothes too. Those people deserve a good quality product. And by going back to those roots, you know, they changed their logo to the square in the first place because they wanted to show their commitment to a square deal. I don't necessarily think that's a bad message. I simply think that they went about it in the wrong way because people are just conditioned to sales. It's a part of the culture you can't change if you are a price-focused brand, which they are. You know, um, I've ran into this twice in my career and once I saw it done well and once I saw it done not so well. Conseco made a lot of other mistakes, uh, you know, no question. But their marketing, they did some research and almost every other financial services company was targeting high net worth individuals, 20% mm -hmm. of the population. Mm -hmm. Conseco made a decision that their marketing was not going to target that audience, mm -hmm. that they were going to go after middle America, the middle 60%, people that had day in, day out struggles and were concerned about their financial futures. Mm -hmm. um, their ads did not feature pretty perfect people. They featured old people shaking down their friends on the couch hoping change would fall out of their pockets. They featured, and so they embraced it and grew successfully. There were management issues that crashed that brand, <laughs> but their marketing had a very, very consistent message 
that resonated. Mm -hmm. Even when the company was sinking into bankruptcy, consumers still looked at the brand favorably. Yeah. Um, the other side of it was Carrier. We did the research. The Carrier customer eats croissants, drinks, um, drinks coffee, carries baby in one hand and the Wall Street Journal in the other. She's a working mom. The Bryant brand was a red and white checkered tablecloth, blue collar family. Mm -hmm. It was years of fighting to get the Bryant distributors mm -hmm. to accept that market. Mm -hmm. They saw themselves as being second place to carrier even though it was a bigger market segment. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, yes, you might make less on each sale, but if you sell to more people, if there's a bigger slice of the pie, a bigger potential audience, you can easily make that up in volume. Not easily, but you can make that up in volume if you appreciate and understand the needs and concerns of that market. Well, you don't try to sell no. $100 designer jeans at JCPenney. Yeah, because you know who never runs a sale? Apple. Because they, their customer, doesn't matter what the price is. They will buy it regardless. That is not the JCP customer. No. And, and it, I think that you, it kind of goes back full circle to what we said in the beginning is um, their desire to be someone they're not. Mm -hmm. And I think the, um, the lesson for any business, large or small, is figuring out who you are and who you want to be. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you can't ever change who you are, mm -hmm. but I think it's gradual. It needs to be gradual. It needs to be a calculated risk. You need to both understand who your current customers and who you would like them to be, and you need to have a probably more gradual plan. You're not just going to wake up one morning and because you changed your logo, have an entirely new customer base. People don't flip perception like that. There's a, a saying about, you know, a monkey swinging through the jungle and they're smart enough to never let go of a vine until they have mm -hmm. another one, you know, firmly in hand. Um, doesn't mean you don't move forward, but, but again, you move through with that path. Awesome. I've kind of enjoyed taking a departure from some of the standard marketing tips today. Yeah, it's always fun to tear someone else down without knowing the particular challenges they face in the process. We know they've got a hard job and they're doing their best, but the fact of the matter is, even the best marketers sometimes fail the first time they try, or the fifth time. It happens. It does. If you have enjoyed today's conversation, if you'd like to check out some of the other conversations we've had on this topic, look at morethanafewwords.com. And you may not know it, but Allison and I are available for presentations. We love to go out and talk to groups around the country. We'd love to hear from you. You can find out more about our speaking at morethanafewwords.com. Thanks for listening.